This is Radio North. I'm Brita Green. I'm going to start about six months ago with an event you probably remember. That's the shooting of Philando Castile by a police officer in Falcon Heights. Castile was a beloved employee at a local elementary school, and the shooting deeply impacted the community. The officer in the case is facing charges of manslaughter and dangerous discharge of his weapon. I, like so many of us, have had a lot of conversations about policing after Castile's death. And of course, after the deaths of Michael Brown, Eric Garner, Sandra Bland, and so many others. So often, one of the questions that comes up is, who would choose to go into policing now? What are those people feeling? And how about their family and their friends? Today on Radio North, we'll hear one of those stories. It's a story of two Minnesota brothers. One of them is Grayson Dangor. He's going to take it from here. The day after the shooting, I texted my brother. I needed to talk to him. The first thing you should know about me and my brother is that I'm seven years older than him. When I left for college, he was just 11, so it's only been in the last couple years, now that I'm in my late 20s and he's in college, that we've really started to get to know each other as adults. It's been good. A lot of what's made it fun is realizing we're a lot alike. My sister told me this one time he was home from college and he was mimicking this goofy sound from Spongebob where Spongebob's drawing comes to life and starts taking over. I thought, hey, that's something I would do. Another pleasant surprise has been my brother's politics. He's told me about how he's had to call out my dad for what a generous observer might call politically incorrect comments. I used to do that too. And then the icing on the cake... He caucused for Bernie Sanders, just like his big brother. But I think I'd trade all of that if he'd stop taking the path that he's on right now. It's been worrying me more and more, and I'm still not sure what to do about it or if I can do anything about it. My brother is going to school to be a police officer. I think he shouldn't. I don't want to get on my soapbox, but there's so much wrong with policing in our country. I think that police make life harder for poor people and people of color, and I don't want them to be a part of that. But there's more, too. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that despite his best intentions, in a tense situation, he'll have nothing to fall back on except his training. And in that moment, I'm worried he could kill someone. We've been getting a lot closer, but we still haven't talked about this. I've talked a lot about it with my wife, How can we get him to not do this? I started by going to the first and only weapon in my arsenal of passive persuasion. Books. A couple Christmases ago, I got him a book called Breaking Rank, a top cop's expose of the dark side of American policing. For his high school graduation last year, I got him a graphic novel about the civil rights movement. I was hoping the books would impress on him how police could be used to harm people. And surprisingly, none of this backfired. He started reading the police reform book the night he got it, I remember. He told me he liked the civil rights comic too. This summer, there was another encouraging sign. I asked him to recommend some music and he texted me some links to rap that was really politically conscious. He even had notes for some of the artists. I thought, this is amazing. Whatever got him interested in policing, maybe his politics could overcome that at some point? Then he posted a video on Facebook. It's hard to explain without seeing the footage, but essentially it was defending police who shoot people that are unarmed. I was upset. 
If he believes that, then I've been imagining way more common ground than there actually is between us. I started to feel like we were hitting a point where we had to talk about this. Now. My brother is a thoughtful kid. These stories, where cops kill a black person, a poor person, a person in a mental health crisis, they're happening all the time. I know he's hearing them, and I know you can't judge a profession by its worst members, but still, what makes him okay with being a part of this group? Also, what does he think of me? I support Black Lives Matter. I think control over public safety should be more democratic. People would be able to vote for local police leaders who share their priorities, and if police were abusive, the community could have the power to remove them. I think we could use a lot of the money that's going toward policing for the kinds of social services that actually get at the roots of poverty and crime. I decided we needed to just confront this head-on. I texted him to see if he'd be willing to talk about it on tape. 20 minutes later, I got my response. Not only did he say yes, but he texted that he was looking forward to, quote, learn some things and gain some different perspectives. Again, with the similarities. I might have used the same words if he texted to interview me. I was proud. This is going to be good, right? So, I went out to meet him. Our parents live in Farmington. It's about 40 minutes south of the Twin Cities. It's basically the last suburb, and then it starts becoming corn and soybean fields. Brita came with me to record us. My family's golden retriever, Maggie, was the first one to greet us when we got to the door. Hi, baby. I'm her favorite, by the way. We made a little small talk with my parents. Hi, nice to meet you. And then we went down to the basement to talk. All right, well, you guys have fun, and I just will, like... Yeah, you guys, I'll see you when you're done. Okay, thank you. I was feeling nervous, and I could tell he was too. By the way, I won't be using his name in the story. He's nervous it could hurt his ability to get a job down the line. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm bumbling around. Like I said, I was nervous too. I've interviewed a fair number of people, but never my own family. So it's kind of weird. And also, What I wanted to know first is, how did he decide to become a cop? Where did the idea come from? What he told me is that he's kind of always wanted to do it, but more recently he's got on ride-alongs with police to try it out. He said that's where he's really seen how people rely on them. You know, when something goes wrong, the first thing that they do is dial, you know, 911 to go to the police, and I just think that's awesome that, you know, someone expects that kind of comfort and um, a response from me. And some, you know, He wanted to talk about one ride-along in particular when he was shadowing officers in Minneapolis. The dispatcher sent them to a woman's house, and when they got there, she was distraught. Her husband had been ill, and while she stayed at the hospital, she asked her adult daughter to look after the house, but when she got back, everything was gone. Um, laptops, guns, checks, thousands of dollars worth of her personal stuff. Apparently, she sold it to buy more meth. I mean, she was completely distraught, almost just shaking, just with the overwhelming stress of dealing with her husband and the officers I mean I was just I was shocked at the compassion that they had for her and how they were able to tell her you know this is what you need to do this is how you need to take care of this and things may seem terrible right now but you can get through this it's, I mean she ended up giving both of them hugs and shaking their hands and even you know shaking my hand as I was sitting there you know listening to this conversation and that just kind of gave me that satisfaction feel of, you know, this is why I want to do this, you know. I'm so glad that this is what he thinks about when he thinks about policing. But 
there's all kinds of ways that you can help people like that. You could be a social worker or you could be a nurse or you could you could do something else in public service. Well, you know, what do you think about that? Do you think that there could be other ways in which you could help that don't involve the the use of force like that? You know, I think I think there could be, but I think what has always drawn me to being a police officer is that it is definitely a job that not many people are willing to do, let alone not everyone can do. You know, some even some of the people that I work with right now, you know, they ask me, oh, what are you going to school for? What do you want to do? And, you know, when I say I want to be a police officer in, you know, in Minneapolis and the cities and stuff, they're like, well, you know, congrats to you because I, you know, I could never do that. Some of these things that would push people away from it almost kind of draw me to it more, you know, something that many people aren't willing to do and something that I'm saying, you know, I want to do this kind of thing. I get that. I am all for sticking with what you're passionate about. So as a general principle, I'm proud of him for holding fast like that. But that doesn't mean I want him to do it. Police have the power to end people's lives. He wants to work in Minneapolis or St. Paul, too. These are places he's never lived or even spent any time in growing up. Now, I love my parents, but they've always treated the city as a dangerous place. You go to the Vikings game, then you drive straight home. And if you haven't guessed already, we're both white. Where we grew up was not exactly diverse, racially or economically. All of this adds up to isolate my brother from so many of the people he wants to patrol. So how can I not feel like he's marching straight into the next generation of this problem, which we're just now starting to address? Um. And here I am, finally getting to the point, what I'm ultimately afraid of. When I think about you becoming a police officer, I think about you doing it for all the right reasons, like the ones that you just said. But I worry that you'll eventually not necessarily lose your values, but be forced to do things which don't line up with your values. Right. Because when you have a job, you have to do what, you know, what you're, you're, what you're ordered and what your role is. And the institution of police, um, I think, has just got so many things that are wrong with it that, you know, good people can be forced or trained to do, to do really bad things, like the guy in Falcon Heights. Um, when I, when, I, when I heard that, I thought of you. I know it's statistically not likely, but mm-hmm. um, do you think that that could ever happen to you? I would, you know, obviously I would really hope not. You know, at the moment, I, I don't think that something like that could happen, and I definitely hope nothing like that would happen. But again, until you're actually, you know, out there doing the job, I guess you can't really speak for, speak for that, I guess. Mm-hmm. If anything... Everything that's happened has made me want to do this more because I think I will be able to show the good reasoning of why I want to have this job, the, you know, being out there to help people kind of bring back that good morale or that good way that people look at police officers. Do you think that there's any good that can come out of all this, all the, I guess, all the protests and more importantly, what the protests are responding to, Mm -hmm. you know, people getting killed? the whole world of it, stuff on TV, you know, do you think we'll be better off at some point? I mean, I think, you know, almost just things like this, people need to, you know, be able to sit down and listen to other people's perspectives. And it's maybe kind of started to make people realize that 
the people who are on the other side of the issue from them are not so different from them as you know some people may think. Here's the thing. I'd love to say that's true, but I still think we're different. And I still don't want him to become a cop. By the end of it, we'd been talking for well over an hour. Then Brita and I packed up and headed home. Just backing out. So should I say something or did you want to ask? Um, why don't you just tell me how you think that went? Um, I thought that went pretty well. Um, I was impressed with my brother. I usually after interviews, I'm frustrated with my own. I know I just said I was happy with the conversation, but something about it was still bothering me. I know my brother is going into policing for all the right reasons. I'm also proud of how he's doing it. He's going on ride-alongs to learn more about the job. He's also getting a four-year degree. That's more than what you need to become a cop. A lot of people would say he's exactly the kind of person you want to go into policing. But that's also what a lot of people said about the cop who killed Philando Castile. In his law enforcement program in college, he got an award for being one of the best and most promising students. He's been described as a diligent officer, a nice guy who volunteers, someone who, outwardly at least, was doing everything right. I didn't go into our conversation thinking that I'd be able to change my brother's opinion outright, but I was hoping he'd see where some of his values clashed with some of what he's seen in the news. That was a little naive. However it is he's built this idea of policing into his identity, it definitely makes sense to him even if it doesn't to me. I don't know what to do next, but I do know I want to keep talking about this. Some people have told me I'm being obsessive. They told me it'd be better for our relationship if I just dropped it. I get where they're coming from, but I can't let this go. I'm his older brother. I would do anything to keep him from hurting someone or from getting hurt himself. So that gets me to one final similarity I've realized that I share with my brother. It's the drive that he feels to become a cop and the drive I feel to stop him. They both come from the same place of compassion and obligation, of duty, really. So even if we each think the other is wrong, at least we both know we're doing what we believe is right. Whatever else happens, I think that's what's going to make things okay. That's Grayson Dangor. He's a writer and reporter based in Minneapolis. He recorded that conversation with his brother at the end of the summer. If you liked this story, please make sure you're subscribed to our show. And here's a couple other things you can do to bring us a little holiday cheer. Rate us on iTunes and check out our website. It's radionorthpodcast.com. Once you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter. We'll be sending out updates on future episodes and other news. Many, many thanks to Soraya Dangor, Sophie Nikitas, and Max Nesterak for help with this episode. Thank you.